Hello, everybody. This is Adam Evers. I am the CEO and founder of Believer, and this is Inside Believer, building an LGBTQ plus Christian dating app. Um, I'm your host, Adam Evers, and I have Brandon Flannery here with me as well. Brandon, you want to say hi? Hello, hello. And we have a special guest, Bailey. Bailey, do you want to say hi? Hello. Yeah. Awesome. So what we're going to do today is a little bit different than other podcasts, um, but we are have a special guest on, and so we're going to ask her some questions and then chit-chat um, a little bit more about life experiences, being queer, being Christian, all that kind of fun stuff. Cool. Um, so Bailey, I would love for you just to introduce yourself. Sure. Um, so my name is Bailey Bronner. Uh, my pronouns are she and her. I am a queer Christian, um, and I'm also a pastor. Um, I identify as asexual and as queer, and um, I'm a pastor in the United Methodist Church and the senior pastor at Mission Hills United Methodist Church in San Diego. I do a lot of work around creating spiritual spaces for people who've experienced religious trauma or people who've been hurt by the church. And uh, part of that happens in like the physical church, but also a huge portion of that stuff goes um, in the digital world as well. And sort of like what it means to pastor in a digital online space. So that's kind of what I'm doing with my life in a nutshell. That's super cool. Um, I have questions. Take me for that trauma yeah. healing. I'll <laughs> I sign up. <laughs> no kidding. I want that. <laughs> uh, talk to me a little bit about it, what it is that because I've heard the term digital pastor like thrown around, but I would love to hear more from you. Like, what does that mean? So to me, what it means, it has a lot to do with my call to ministry. And so when I found out that I was supposed to be a pastor. Um, I didn't really know what that meant. And I've seen the only time I've seen a pastor do that job is in the church, um, in like the, the building, the four wall kind of church with the sanctuary and all of that. And, um, who I am and what I am interested in and the people that I connect with the most don't, automatically fall inside those four walls. And so I've had to kind of be creative about who my church is and who, um, who my church can expand to. And a big part of the, uh, a big part of the community that I want to serve and I want to pastor and I want to be in relationship with, uh, happen to be on the internet. And so I'm kind of exploring what it means to use my gifts for being a pastor in spaces like, um, like queer Christian Twitter or whatever <laughs> other, um, popular queer, uh, Christian spaces there are. So it's new to me and it's, uh, not a term that I coined by any means, but I'm, I'm learning a lot about what that could mean. And, and it's cool. exciting. Bailey, I have a, a question for you. Um, you were sharing when you found out that you were supposed to be a pastor and kind of just like kept going past that. And I'm curious what that looked like for you? Um, like, how did you know what was that looking like? And, um, yeah. How did you find yourself actually as a pastor? So I think that my experience learning that I was supposed to be a pastor is kind of like similar to coming out stories that you hear where like people finally come out to somebody and the person that they come out to is like, yeah, we already knew that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that's sort of what it was like when I found out that I was supposed to be 
uh, a pastor supposed to be in professional ministry. And I had worked in the church my entire life, just volunteering because uh, my parents took a really active role in the church and I had a really great experience with the church. Um, and then at one point I had this internship at my home church over the summer where I thought I would be working with kids because um, I was studying to be a teacher. And so I thought I was going to be doing like Sunday school and vacation Bible school and all of that. But then one day my pastor at the time asked me to preach um, and she didn't really ask me. It was more of like, Hey, you're going to preach. That's okay. Right. And so <laughs> I'm like terrified going um, in front of these adults who I had no interest uh, talking to or like, being around. I just wanted to be with the kids and I started to speak and I was all shaky and like my body and my voice, like you couldn't, it was, it was a mess. But then once I started to speak, I was like, okay, shit, like this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so ever since that moment, I've been learning how to, I've been learning how to love that, um, and learning mm -hmm. how to like live into that call in a way that's authentic to me. And, uh, that means a lot of different things, but it's finding people who don't look like the traditional pastor to, um, to learn from and to model myself after, and also how to like take some of these traditional church norms that have caused harm and like flip them a little bit or, um, re reclaim them or give them new meaning. And so I've been doing a lot of that personal work. And I think that helps me to understand my, uh, my career and my call as a pastor. And also it helps me to, to do that job better, I think too. Is this all been, um, what, were you raised in the United Methodist church and kind of continued in that tradition as a pastor? Did it start there and has continued? It was. Yeah. So I was, uh, born in the United Methodist church for, it was the church that my parents, uh, found and it happened to be United Methodist, but that mm -hmm. theology has really been, um, important to who I am as, as I grew up and sort of experienced other theologies and other mm -hmm. denominations that didn't work quite as, uh, seamlessly for me. I had a stint in college. I was in Western Montana for college. I was, um, I was a part of this campus ministry that was, um, assemblies of God. And it was an incredibly like, um, conservative evangelical type, um, situation where I really had to confront what I believed. Um, and I was, uh, basically like shut out of the campus ministry when I told them that I, as a woman and not even a queer woman, like wanted to go into pastoral ministry. And so wow. I confronted a lot wow. of these things that I had always I just learned to be true. And I had to ask myself, like, are, do I believe mm. that women should be mm. pastors because I actually mm. believe it? Or is that what I've been being told my whole life? So there were a lot of those kind of moments there, but I ended up from that saying, no, this theology in the United Methodist church really fits for me. And, um, yeah. And, and here I am. There are a lot of problems with the denomination that I'm a part of. You can just Google it if you want some information <laughs> about that. But overall it's, um, theologically it's, it's where I align with the most right now. What was, um, with, when it came to you being raised in that denomination and then kind of coming in terms of your sexuality, would you mind sharing with us yeah. kind of that journey and what that looked like? Yeah, I, uh, was raised in a super affirming and progressive space 
And, um, it wasn't, it was, I didn't realize my sexuality, um, until I was a lot older until I was, um, actually in seminary in Boston, which was probably, it started in 2016. So it's really recent actually, but I, um, had always like had this weird, like, I wouldn't even say fascination, but like call towards the LGBTQ community. And I was just sort of like, oh, this is probably because this is a group of people that I like. There's probably something here, but I didn't realize that like I was a part of the community and that's why I was so drawn to, um, to queer people and to the queer community. And so, um, being in seminary, I went to this like gender and sexuality 101 night thing. And they were going over the acronym and they went, um, over asexual. And I was like, okay, let me just sit with that right now. And, uh, sat with it for a couple months. I was in a pretty abusive relationship at the time. And, um, looking back that goes through, um, it really relates back to like the asexuality thing and like that, uh, that relationship after I was done with it, um, it really helped me to understand who I was and like what my sexuality, uh, looked like and how that interacted like in the relationship that I was in at the time. So, uh, from there, yeah, I've just like had to create definitions and like learn from people as much as I can about what it means to be asexual beyond my own experience, which has been hard because, um, there's not a lot of us represented out there, but, uh, that, yeah, I've just kind of been growing with that, that label and it fits for me right now. And I also, um, the term queer also works really well for me too, just in a, especially in the church world where I don't necessarily want to explain like my sex life to a bunch of like old church people. So there (laughs) are, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really learning how to live into my uh, sexuality. And it's, it's kind of a fun, it's a fun place to live right now. Could you, um, like for me and when it comes to just the different acronyms, I, I find it interesting because even though I identify as gay, like at the different letters, every single one of those has a different, I don't know, narrative and experience that's so different than mine. And so like, what was, what's life like as an asexual person and what does that look like if you don't mind sharing and um, what were kind of some signs to you that that was how you identify? Yeah. One thing. So asexuality as like a baseline definition is somebody who doesn't experience sexual attraction um, to people of any genders. Mm -hmm. Um, And excuse me. And the way I guess that I understood that growing up was I confused it with purity culture. Um, Mm. I thought that because I was being told that I shouldn't have sex, um, and I shouldn't like, I should fight away all of these like sexual attractions that I was supposedly supposed to have at whatever age. Um, and that's what I was being told by my friends who would go to other churches. I sort of like, I, I took that on and, it wasn't incredibly hard for me to do. Um, it wasn't hard for me to like not be in sexual relationships when I was not married or like, um, think about people in like a lustful way. Like that wasn't difficult for me to do at all. And so I thought it was that I was a really good Christian and it turned (laughs) out that that was not it. Um, 
that it was, that was just me, part but of I was my always like why girls it doesn't make any sense oh wait exactly you're like this is fine we're good exactly like, right you can't control so, your urges what the heck yeah get with the program um yeah so that was that was sort of my experience and then later I learned like oh no you actually like were not that great of a Christian um it was just like who you are and so uh that's something that I learned uh post that purity culture sort of embodiment time of my life and now what that looks like is it's really, um, it's offered like a freedom in relationships because it being asexual means that there needs to be a different level of communication. Um, and it can't be something, something maybe that like more of a, uh, gay or lesbian relationship might assume about sex and about, um, attraction, uh, being in an asexual relationship, you can't really assume that. So Mm -hmm. I, and my partners are forced to talk about sex because if at a certain point in the relationship, like they don't see me expressing sexual attraction to them, like they're going to wonder why. Right. And they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong? Like what's wrong with this relationship? And, uh, I'm, I'm learning that it's super, super important that communication, that heightened level of communication, which should be happening, like in any relationship, like for me, it's super forced and, I really appreciate that. Um, and so, uh, in my, my relationship now, um, my partner and I are, we, we definitely communicate about all things like over communicating cause we're two women. So that's like part of the stereotype. Right. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's really freeing and really nice to be able to like explore that in a safe space and to be able to say like, no, this is a part of who I am and we can, uh, we can talk about it and not have to feel like, like one person is, is not being loved or not being, uh, is not attracted to the other person. It's just like a part of our identity. So, um, I'm really like exploring that and it's really fun. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Uh, so I got a question you brought it up. So I want to dive in a little bit, uh, relationship partner. Who is this person? Um, she's really great. You can find her on the internet. Um, do some quick, do some quick Googling on my social media and you'll be able to find her like in no time. I'll just, I'll give you that. And I'll have to, I'll just like use that to plug my, plug my social media. How's that? (laughs) I love it. That's great. That is fantastic. Uh, very cool. Well, I'd love to understand a little bit more, like what does LGBTQ plus Christian like community look specifically for you? It's looks, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I think the spaces that I'm in, there's this assumed level of understanding and like, there's the shared experience that we all have, or that a lot of us have that we can kind of like speak the same language in some way. And so when I think about, um, LGBTQ community, uh, I, the only frame of reference really that I have in general is like the church. Cause that's like the only, that's like mm. the other half of my life is like queer and Christian. And so I think about it, like being a part of a church community, like there are certain things that, you know, like, you know, that when someone says like pass the peace of Christ, you know, that you're going to go and shake hands with people. Or like, you know, that when this plate gets passed around the room, like money is supposed to go in it. Right. Like there are these common, mm. um, common themes and common, languages that we sort of speak in terms that we use. 
um, based on the group of people that we surround ourselves with. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about being part of the queer community is being around people who speak that same language and who tell their stories differently and who have maybe different uh, tweaks on the same term that they use, but we can learn from each other and grow alongside one another from like some sort of common understanding, which uh, is, is such a blessing because we in a lot of other areas of our life aren't understood to the same degree that um, maybe other identities are. So that's what uh, queer community means to me right now. Mm, that's awesome. I like that. Um, when you think about, uh, when you think about uh, uh, like your past kind of relationships and now that you're in a relationship, what advice would you give like an LGBT plus either person or Christian? Cause I think like we, well, one, I think as a community, we tend to idealize these types of relationships. Um, but I'd love to kind of hear from you. Um, like what advice do you have for somebody that's kind of wanting to be in a relationship um, or kind of sees that as the next step or path, if you will? I don't know that I'm the person to be giving relationship advice <laughs> by any means. Um, I stumbled onto the relationships that I've been a part on, a part of um, recently, the healthy ones at least. And I, actually, I would say that I found both of them through the internet. And so I'm a big, uh, big advocate of online dating. Yeah. So there's that. We'll send um, you I wish $20 I had an later. app for that specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so actually, so my, so my girlfriend, Erin, um, I met her because we were actually both on, um, the queerology podcast at different times, but we like to say that Matthias Roberts, uh, set us up, um, which is amazing. And so <laughs> he is a, um, podcast and a podcaster and a therapist and a wonderful person, but he's also, um, a dating coach. So that's really exciting. Um, but I think there's something with that queer community that we were talking about before. I think there's something really amazing about talking about dating from that community because it's, I mean, it's similar to thinking about like your, your dating pool in your, without like thinking offline wise, like your dating pool is just like a small pool of people who are close to you, but being part of the LGBTQ community and being part of like an online community in some ways, like it expands that pool. And it also like narrows it in a lot of ways too, because you can be really clear about what you want and about what you need. And you can also sort of like stretch yourselves based on, uh, the, the, the different like contexts and cultures and things that are, that are in that, in that space. So I think there's, I think that the advice that I would give myself is to like explore more and mm. to not be looking for a specific thing. Um, especially if that specific thing is something that you've tried before, um, and has not worked for you. And I wish that as I was dating, um, before this, that I would have allowed myself to, um, to learn from my past experiences a little bit more and to be open to something new, um, or someone new or a different, uh, lifestyle or, or, um, kind of person or personality trait that maybe I wouldn't have been open to in the past. So I, I guess, yeah, none of that is advice, but that's my experience <laughs> for you. No, that's super helpful. 
Uh, I actually was going to ask if yeah. it was hard to give advice to other people to give advice to yourself, but then you did that, Bailey. So and I was like, well, perfect. There goes my question. She's psychic <laughs> and just did it herself. So that's fantastic. We are on the same, same wavelength. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, uh, Bailey, I'd love to kind of hear, you know, as you know, Believer is an LGBT plus Christian dating app. Um, I'd love to kind of hear, what do you think of the idea? Are you excited? Will you download it, even though I know that you're in a relationship right now? I I don't know if we'll download it. I, yeah, I will download it. Actually, 100% will download it. Yes. Um, I'm excited to see what it's about. And I know, I mean, I know bits and pieces, but I am beyond excited. I think that if I were to have, I think about like all the filters that we have to put on current dating apps to, to even see like a small, um, mm. to see like yeah. the groups of people, like to see the queer community represented like on our dating apps. And that takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot, um, of like filtering mm. and to not have to do that is something that, I like can't even really imagine hmm. doing right. If you know that there is a group of people who you already like have something in common with based on like the community that you're a part of, I think that's mm-hmm. amazing. And I'm so excited for y'all. Yeah. I'm excited. We're that's excited good. too. And don't worry, you can use the public chat. It'll be great. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fun. It'll be super fun. She can do another like breakout church workshop, digital version 3.0. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, I was like, Sign that, me up. that's a great idea. Did you know there's a t- <laughs> did you know there's a TikTok pastor? I have to tell you this. Oh gosh. No, I actually don't I have not used TikTok before and I don't I don't know if I'm ready to venture into it. <laughs> it's kind of a scary place. It's a bunch of like teenagers. <laughs> yes, <it is laughs> yeah, that, that scares me a lot. It's very much not our demographic, but um, we were doing some <laughs> research, if you will. And I went on there and, you know, searching for, uh, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with like the faithful, or faithful LGBTQ plus or LGBTQ on uh, Twitter mm-hmm. hashtag. And there's something similar yeah. on TikTok. And I ventured forth and found a whole plethora of, of uh, folks on TikTok, which was kind of interesting. Anyways. Wow. Yeah, that's a sounds like a scary place, but I'm sure there's pockets of goodness in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be, right? There has to be. Well, yeah. we've asked you a bunch of questions. I'm wondering if you have any questions uh, for us. I would love to hear your dating advice or things that oh, you God. would tell your past self. <laughs> that was that was a tough question for me. So I'd love to hear uh, what you have to offer because it'll be better than what I offered. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I was like the two most single like gay Christian men ever building a gay Christian dating app. Uh, I mean, we've dated. So there's definitely people who are more single than us, I would say. Give us a little, little, little gold star. Fair. <laughs> fair. Uh, I was more like, I'm more like, oh man, the reason why I'm creating an app is to find a husband. Like, you know, hashtag husband hunting. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon, you're the words guy. What do you think? God, about dating. I feel I would have to frame this on what advice I would give to my younger self with dating. And... I would say come to terms with your sexuality before dating mm. would be my biggest advice for my younger idiotic self. Cosine. And, Cosine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd say figure that out first because 
like trying to figure out your sexuality in the midst of dating someone is just a very messy process and can be damaging for both parties was my experience. Mm. And, um, and then when I'd, and then I'd say, once you have that, like figure it out, if it doesn't have to look perfect, but once you have an idea of where you stand and what's going on in your heart, like venture out, go forth and don't be afraid. Those would probably be my, my two things I'd give to my younger self. Oh, that's good. Um, if I had, if my advice, I think, I think there's two things. I think one, I'm not going to say like my younger self because I don't know, my younger self was dumb. So we're just going to move past that. (laughs) And I'll be like, think of me as the, the older gay brother or something. I don't know. Um, I think like the first thing that I would say is like, definitely I agree with Brandon, like settle on your sexuality, not settle on it. Cause I think sexuality can be fluid and change, but like, I don't think it's fair to like play with people's hearts. And so I would say like, cause I know that I did that. So I would say like, um, at least be open with where you are at. Right. Like don't necessarily hide it. And I think one of the things that I did was I just hid and hid that sexuality part of me from those relationships. And so I wasn't really honest in them, which I think caused a lot of, Unnecessary drama. Um, <laughs> hello, Moira. Hello. Um, I think that's one. And then I think the second one would be enjoy like the freedom, I would say. Because um, I think for me, like I think about these movies of like Love, Simon and everything else of like these little cute you know, LGBTQ plus folks being able to date like in high school and like, oh, what I would have, like what I would have given to be able to go on like a date in high school um, with a guy like, uh, and so I just want to be like, enjoy that freedom. Like it, please go do that. Go on dates, do all of the things because I was dumb and couldn't do it myself. So like, please go do that for me. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I was thinking of another point that goes along those lines. It's don't chase after this in the dark. Mm. Um, Cause that was definitely the beginning of my dating slash. Same. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever that was like, yeah, I'd say don't do it in the dark. Cause it does something to you, you know, mm. but into kind of undoing that shame that of chasing after your sexuality in the dark, like take some time to heal mm. when you could just, step into light and I don't think it's as messy I mean life is messy but I think it would be not as messy as it was yeah and everybody has their own timing too like I get that I definitely had my own timing (laughs) Bailey that was a great question (laughs) yeah those are great great answers I'm glad I asked yeah that was fun cool um any other questions for us um what are you excited about with the app right now Hmm. um that's a good question i'm like (laughs) i'm excited for it to be launched (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. for real that needs to happen um go ahead brandon i would say i just i really do it's definitely our bread and butter i guess you could say but i really am so excited for the values based matching experience just because of the fact that like something out there hasn't existed Mm. like that before. And so I'm curious to see how that affects relationships and 
I don't know. I'm excited for the success stories um, that could come out of that. And mm. cause I believe in it, but you know, you don't know if it's a good idea until you release out into the world and see what happens. So I think that's probably the most exciting aspect of the app for me. And just the idea of also connections in general, I really want us to be a space where mm. regardless of what you're looking for, that LGBTQ Christians can find a space to connect and find meaningful, meaningful relationships, whatever that looks like for them. Yeah. I think like to double tap on that or double click, whatever. One of the things that I would say is I think the thing that I'm most excited for is just for people to experience the app and like play with it. Um, I'm excited to like truly live out our values as a company. One of the things that I'm like super passionate about is our values. Um, And I've just seen how they've driven decisions at the company um, and that's just been really, uh, like incredible. Um, and I think, um, maybe I'm naive, but I feel like we're creating something that's different than most companies and different than, than, um, what's available and like kind of bucking the trend when it comes to dating apps. And so I don't know, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to build something that's unique and different and put it out in the world and be like, no, this is, this is how like we think dating should go. Um, and this is how I think dating apps should be built. And this is what community means. And this is what it means to like be an online community and gather people. And I don't know, like I get really excited about that. And like, I get excited like 10, 15 years down the road when, um, you know, hopefully, uh, things will change for the LGBT plus uh, community and, and Christianity. And, um, and, I hope that believer will be a part of that in some way, shape or form, even just a small bit of it. Maybe it's naive or hopeful thinking, but that's my, that's what I'm excited for. Wow. Bailey, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for all of those sorry, things. Go ahead. No, I'm excited for you all. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. Bailey, I have two questions for you. They're kind of out of left field, but I'm curious about them. <laughs> okay. Uh, number one, what, what wakes you up every morning? Um, I mean, my dog literally is what wakes okay. me up every okay. morning. <laughs> um, I needed some time to think about it. Um, Bailey, know, wait, wait, hold on. Oh, Can I ask ahead. you what your Enneagram, do you know what your Enneagram number is? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a three. I'm a hard three. Oh God, okay, you okay, and Adam okay. are two peas in a pod. <laughs> Good Lord in heaven. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Aaron is a three actually as well. So we're just like the we, we try the world to together. brand wow. ourselves okay. as the power couple. It's it's a lot literally. Sometimes. Oh my, y'all are like a power couple, oh, Adam. You oh, need I'm a so three. Ugh, that's what he's always I wanted. Know. Yeah, it's exhausting, <laughs> but it's really great. Adam needs oh. an eight or a three as a partner. I I believe in that. Is that going to okay. be an option on the app? <laughs> <laughs> we laugh because we've literally talked about it like extensively um probably in future versions but not at the beginning i mean everyone can put in their bio you know like put your myers-briggs and your enneagram like those will be options for sure because i think for the people that's important too we definitely want to create the opportunity for them to do that wow i just learned about you know how there are love languages um i just learned about the same people have apology languages and what? I think that is super cool and important. Yeah, you should take the test. It's really, it was actually super helpful. I made um, everybody that I know take the apology. Oh my God. I'm language. probably okay, like what's something really messed up. Like 
weeping what's and gnashing the... of teeth and groveling. It's really bad. I'm, yeah, I'm what's the... my weak point. <laughs> yeah. What's the test? What's it called? Um, it's called, it's, I think it's just called apology language. That's what I, I just Googled that. It's the five love languages. People have the apology language test mm. as well. Found it. Yep. Found it too. Don't worry, we'll include it in the link, everybody. <laughs> in the show notes. Perfect. Oh, so we can all learn about everything. It. Oh wow. The five languages of apology. Oh, I'm so curious now. Yeah. And we've lost we've lost branding yeah. completely. No, I no. My second question, I'm not gonna let it go. <laughs> Bailey. Oh, well, I, I, inter- I interrupted one, her. I yeah, that's true. Actually, yes. You still need to answer that one. I I interrupted her. I'm so sorry, Bailey. Go for it. No, you're fine. I needed more time to think about it, actually. Good job, um, these called. So, okay, what gets me up in the morning? I think, okay, I think that what gets me up in the morning is my learning more about my identity and learning more about my call and my purpose and um, the things that I'm passionate about. I am really... It, it makes me really excited to know that I don't fit into the spaces that I embody fully, but that my job is to get to like tease, tease that out a little bit more and like create discomfort in the spaces that need it a lot. And so like being a queer person in the church and specifically in a United Methodist church that um, where the denomination like doesn't believe that we as queer people are um, called to be pastors or called to be married Mm -hmm. in a church, that sort of thing. Like I don't belong in a lot of ways. And so the, the ability to be different in a space that I am still fully called to belong in, like that Mm -hmm. is something that makes me really excited and energizes Mm -hmm. me. And yeah, it definitely gets me up in the morning. Disruptor. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, my second question, equally as important and deep. What is your favorite <laughs> smell and why? What? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. I would just like I, to say this oh a question was not pre-approved. This was not pre-approved. <laughs> oh, wow. We can add this later. But I am always curious about this question. Always. Mm, oh, I am such a like a bath and body works person and like I have all the Ooh. I've got like too many perfumes and like all of that. So smell is like important to me. Um there is gosh, what is my favorite smell? That's a tough question though. Actually, you know what? My dog still smells like puppy and I think mm-hmm. that is like Aww. my favorite smell. Like when he wakes up in the morning and he like it was like all nuzzled in the sheets and stuff like that is that I think that's like a a sort of memory based favorite smell Mm. to me so I'm gonna go Mm. with that one right now because he's like puppy cuddled up on my bed right now as I as I look at him cute love it super that's all I have I'm out of questions fresh out me too (laughs) Bailey do you have any final questions for us or we can end this show comments or comments give your little like soliloquy Thank you all. I'm just excited. I'm excited for you. And thanks for letting me be a small part of it. Oh, of course. Thank We're you so for happy joining. You yeah. I love learning more about you. I love these little chit chats are always fun. Cause I think like 
it's such a small community, but yet like it's fun to meet everybody and have conversations and see what other people are doing. And I would love for you to tell like everybody out there, where can they find you online? And I know that you're doing some cool stuff. So like what cool stuff are you doing? Basically plug yourself, girl, plug it. I will. Okay. So you can find me online, um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, at Bailey and Bronner. Um, my website is baileyandbronner.com and I post, uh, the sermons that I do at my church and blog and all that stuff. Um, I'm also doing this amazing meetup thing that is starting called the voyage. And I'm working with, uh, Angel and Nicole Morris, who are, uh, lesbian Christian YouTubers. And we are doing this, uh, digital and in-person hybrid project, um, talking about faith and sexuality and gender. And so you can find, um, all of that at, uh, the voyage meetup on Instagram and Twitter as well to learn more about it. It's starting, um, in the next week or two. And so that is an exciting project that I get to be a part of. Oh, I love them so much. Me too. They're so great. Ugh. I love our I little just community. Love that name Voyage. Oh, so nice. It's so cool. I did not make it up. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Bailey, thanks so much for joining us today, and everybody, thanks so much for joining in and listening. We really appreciate it. As always, if you have any questions about Believer or anything like that, feel free to shoot us an email. Hello at Believer app. Um, yes, I do respond to them. Yes, I'm freaky fast. Deal with life. Um, yep. Thanks so much for joining everybody. We really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.